We are going to jump into the message today. The series that we're in is called Because of Christ. And the subtitle of this message is Because of Christ, the little is multiplied. The little is multiplied. All right. So uh, this scripture that we're reading, it has the potential to transform your life if you allow it. So let's go ahead and read it together. You can open up your app, True Life Church of Newark app, or you can follow along on the screen. Or if you have a Bible, you can open that up too. John 6, 1 to 5. Let us read. So after this, Jesus crossed over the far side of the Sea of Galilee, also known as the Sea of Tiberias. A huge crowd kept following him wherever he went because they saw his miraculous signs as they healed the sick as he healed the sick. Then Jesus climbed a hill and sat down with his disciples around him. It was nearly time for the Jewish Passover celebration. Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asks, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? So the thing, what was happening is that he was testing Philip for he already knew what he was going to do. Philip replied, Jesus, even if we worked for months, we wouldn't have enough money to feed them. Then Andrew, this is fascinating, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, spoke up. Well, what about, there's a young boy over there uh, that has five barley loaves and two fish. But what good is that going to do with this huge crowd? Tell everyone to sit down, Jesus said. So they all sat down on the grassy slope. Sounds a little itchy to me if you're, you know, if you're asking. Sounds a little itchy to sit on grass. But they're sitting on the grass. And then the men alone numbered about 5,000. Then Jesus took the loaves, gave thanks to God, and distributed them to the people. Afterward, he did the same with the fish. And, all, and they all ate as much as they wanted. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. Look at this. Jesus was the first meal prepper. That's where it comes from. Uh, he's like, get the, get the black containers with the clear lids, guys. Let's line them up. Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. We got it all ready. So get the, get the leftovers ready. And uh, where are we at now? I got sidetracked. I'm thinking of food now. So they picked up the pieces and filled 12 baskets with scraps left by the people who had eaten from the five barley loaves. When the people saw him do this miraculous sign, they exclaimed, surely he is the prophet we've been expecting when Jesus saw that they were ready to force him to be their king. I just kind of like giggle at this because I was like, oh man, this is like getting crazy. They're trying to force him to be king. He slipped away into the hills by himself. Okay, so I'm no mathematician by any means. Like I got a B in math like if on a good day. And, um, but I do know that 2 plus 5 does not equal 5,000. Um, so any, anyone else with me, like that makes sense, right? Two plus five is not 5,000. Okay. Well, what we're going to do is we're going to break down this scripture and I'm going to give you a little historical context here of this scripture. The fascinating thing with this scripture is that Jesus could have been like, hey, move over, you buffoons. I'll take care of all of this. I'll take care of it. Don't worry about it. Like it's all, I'll get it. But Jesus does something unexpectedly, and he does something that we are just like, what? How does that even make sense? So he does the unexpected, does the untraditional thing that we would ever imagine. Um, so we'll, we'll get to understand that a little bit more. 
The first, the first thing we see that Jesus does in this scripture is that he is inviting the disciples in, his followers, he's inviting them in to, to partake in what's about to happen. Uh, so we see this in John 6, 5, he's asking Philip, hey, Philip, where can we buy bread to feed all these people? And they, in the scripture, it's saying that this is a test to Philip. The reason being is because Philip was the one that lived closer to that area. So he's, Jesus is asking him specifically because Philip would have been the one that knows like the hole in the wall restaurant. You know what I'm saying? Like there's this like really good Mexican restaurant. If you're looking for tacos on Tuesday, just sidebar here. I'm just thinking about this. But there's a really good hole in the wall restaurant by our house, $1.50 tacos on Tuesdays. Ask me later, I'll tell you where it is. It's on Marrow's Road. It's great. Okay, so Philip would have known, like, where are the $1.50 tacos? You know, like, he would have known where that was. And so that's why he's asking him. But the invitation was open for anyone to answer. And we see that because then Andrew, he answers in a different way, too. He answers the question. I want you to raise your hand if you've ever been invited to something in your entire life. Okay, great. You had the opportunity to decline that or accept that invitation. And so by Jesus inviting the disciples in, he's saying, hey, I'm inviting you in. You can decline being a part of this, or you can, you can accept this invitation of being a part of what is about to happen. The second thing we see is that Jesus is instructing the disciples on what to do. We see in John 6.10, he says, tell everyone, turn to your neighbor, say everyone. He says, tell everyone to sit down. So pretty clear, pretty concise. The fascinating thing about this scripture is that it is not found in just the book of John. It's also found in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. So we see this story show up four different times. And what we can tell by that is that, okay, not only is there one witness to this miraculous story, but there are four witnesses, along with many others that did not, uh, you know, that we don't have their story, their side of it. But there are four sides to this story. And in one side of the story, it's saying Jesus is instructing them, tell them to sit down. But in Matthew, it says, tell them to sit down and have them get in groups of 50. So he's like, hey, get them in groups of 50 so they don't miss what's about to happen, so they can partake in this miracle together and not miss what's about to happen. Um, the other thing that we notice is when there are multiple accounts of something, it's, 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 uh, we can gather that, okay, this is true. This really did happen. Now, if we were in the court of law, if there was only one witness to an account, that's helpful, but when you have four witnesses, that's even better. So we know that this story really did happen. This really did take place. And all my Law & Order fans, where are you at? Like, I love Law & Order. When I started, like, thinking of, when I started thinking of uh, just from the perspective of, like, the court, I just started hearing that song from Law & Order. Dun, 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 dun. Okay, now that's going to be stuck in your head. You're welcome. Uh, the third thing we see is that Jesus, this is awesome. This is, like, this is, the, this is where it gets juicy. Jesus multiplies. So John 6, 12, it says, after everyone was full, again, turn to your other neighbor, say everyone. Okay, turn to yeah, okay. You did it, good job. After everyone was full, Jesus told his disciple, disciples, now gather the leftovers so that nothing is wasted. Nothing is wasted. So Jesus goes above and beyond. He doesn't just give bare minimum. He doesn't just give a little bit like, oh, you're hungry. Here's a little, you know, here's a little something. Like he gets to the point where they are full 
and they are satisfied, and they are more than satisfied. They are, they are bursting at the scene. They're, like, needing those stretchy pants that everybody wears for uh, Thanksgiving, you know what I'm saying? Like, that's the kind of fool that they were. So I want you to close your eyes for a moment. I want you to picture yourself. You're getting all fancified. I invited you over, or you're getting dapper. Um, I invited you over to, to a banquet that Jared and I are hosting. We are just having a big old celebration just because we want to. So you're getting all fancy. You're getting in your car. You're, you're heading to this banquet. And as you arrive to this banquet, you are greeted upon arrival. They're, the people that are at the front are just so joyful to see you. And as you come in, you begin to smell beautiful smells of chicken, steak, pork, shrimp, all of it. If you're vegan, there's salad there. You can smell that too, okay? Uh, but there's just all these scents, just a beautiful aroma. And then there are so many people walking around. We've got butlers walking around with hors d'oeuvres, or if you're from where I'm from, we call them horse divorce. Um, so they got, we got horse divorce going out like hotcakes. And, uh, and then you go to sit down at this table after you have some uh, appetizers. You sit down and you eat a beautiful plate. And just picture it. You got, you got your eyes closed. It's just this beautiful plate of whatever it is that you put on it. And uh, then you ask me, you say, hey, Whitney, can I have another plate? And I say, absolutely, go for it. And then you finish that plate, and then you have another plate, and, and then, well, you ask me, you say, is it okay if I have another? I'm like, absolutely, go for it. And so by the time we finish this banquet, you yourself are needing those stretchy pants for, Thanksgiving, for that Thanksgiving meal, that banquet. All right, you can open your eyes. You're either really hungry right now, or you're, like, satisfied. You're like, yeah, that was good. That, that imaginary meal you just had was super good. Um, but that's how these people left of that when there was the feeding of the 5,000. They, were, they weren't just satisfied. They were full to the brim. And um, the thing that we notice in, in Matthew and Mark and, um, and Luke, we gather that actually it's not just 5,000 people that were fed. It's 5,000 families. The men were representing the family. So there's 5,000 men that were there, but the men sat somewhere different. In Jewish culture, the men would sit in public setting. They would sit separately. So the men would sit somewhere, and the women and children would sit together. So this isn't just the feeding of the 5,000. This is feeding of the 5,000 plus some. So we notice, let's just regroup here. We notice that the first thing we see is that Jesus invites, Jesus instructs, and Jesus multiply. So this is a miracle that takes place. But this little, this miracle that took place actually started at a very little place. So let's remember, where did this miracle actually begin? So we'll go back. Philip, he's being asked this question. He's, the disciples are being invited in. This question's being asked, how are we going to feed them? And I think the way, I think it's safe to say, the way that Philip responds is the way that most of us would probably respond, right? Like, you see 5,000 people sitting here and or 5,000 plus people sitting out needing something to eat and you're asked, okay, how, how are we going to feed them? Like, well, we don't have enough. That's basically how Philip is responding. Like, I can't do that. Like, we don't have enough. Then we see Andrew. Uh, we see Andrew and kudos to Andrew because the way that he responds is very unconventional. He's like, you remember, he's like, well, what about the little boy over there with the two small loaves of bread and the five, I mean, the two small fish and the five small loaves of bread. Like, what about him? And then he says, but what would that do? 
So the person that we're going to highlight today and we're going to put on the spotlight and put on display and honor today is the little boy in the story. And the little boy on this, in this story is, is fa it's just fascinating what he does and what he's a part of. The thing about little people, though, is that most of the times little people are either overlooked or belittled. And so it's fascinating to me that this little boy in the corner with a lunchbox with two fish and five loaves was even thought of. That Jesus acknowledged him, that Andrew even acknowledged him. Um, yesterday I was at a coffee shop and um, <laughs> this cute little boy, he had to be like five years old, and he had his hat on backwards and, and he was walking around the coffee shop. And I, I always notice children, like I just, I'm like, why, I'm like, the kids. Like, when I see your kids running around here, I'm like, okay, like, I love them. I was like, that's great. I love it. I'm looking like, okay, are they, if they run out the door, where's their parent? Just, like, want to make sure. Like, you got, like, I'm an internal kid security guard. Um, and so I just noticed this little boy walking around, and he's like, yes, he's, saying, he's saying something. I can't even hear him. He's like, <laughs> and I'm like, I'm pretty sure nobody can hear him, but nobody could see him either because where I was sitting, like I was sitting up higher so I could see him, but where, where the counters are so tall that not even the workers could see this little boy. And so this little boy is being overlooked, belittled, like the not even being meant to. It just happened that no one could hear what, you know, what he was saying. But fast forward, he was looking for the bathroom. He just couldn't speak up. That's all. He was just, yeah, he was just looking for the bathroom. But, um, but yeah, little people can get overlooked and belittled. Where are my little people at? Like, yeah, just, just where are my little people at? You know, whether you're like, maybe you were really little as a kid and you're like, man, I'm so tiny. Everybody else is like a giant. Um, or you're, maybe you're like a little kid in here. Or you just kind of wiggled your way in and you're like, I'm coming into this service. I'm not going to kids life today. Um, but the thing is, is that being little is actually, it's fascinating to me because Jesus validates little things. He validates, we see it even in Zacchaeus' story. You can look that, look that up later this week. But, you know, Jesus validates little people that aren't even noticed. He, he validates even little faith. And um, we see that in the history of our Bibles. We see that even in today's world. And we see that even here at True Life. And so I wanted to share with you people in the Bible that God validates these people. They are young other people would overlook them, belittle them, but Jesus, mm -mm, he does not. The first person that we see is David, and, uh, and David became king, but he was not king. It, was, it didn't just happen like, all right, boom, you're king. Like, that's not how it works. But he was anointed to be king at the age of between, somewhere between 8 and 15 years old. He was anointed. And so he was called out. He was set apart, and it was said, I, you will be anointed, you are anointed as king. And, uh, and so he waited, you know, 15 years it took until he was actually king. But he was sought out and looked upon at a very young age. And then we even see it in Mary, who is, who is, who is chosen by God. She didn't ask for it. She didn't sign up on the, you know, the, the sheet of like, oh, what do you, you know, what do you bring into the meal? Oh, I'll bring Jesus. Like, she didn't sign up for this. And um, not that you would eat. That's never mind. That was weird. I don't know why I said that. But, but anyway, so, so she, just, she didn't ask for this, but she was chosen by God to carry the Savior of the world. And when God chose her, she was between 12 and 14 years of age when God chose her to hold and carry the G Jesus, the Son of God. 
Um, and so then we see even young ministers in our world that have been used in a crazy, um, amazing way by their faith. We see Billy Graham, who became a minister at the age of 16 years old. We also see Martin Luther King, who was a young adult. He was 25 years old when he became a minister of the gospel. I started crying last, uh, at the last service just because, like, one of the dads was here that um, I'm sharing a story about. Actually, both of the dads were here. So it was pretty emotional for me. So I might not cry. So I just wanted to preface, like, I'm okay. I just get emotional sometimes. But I just said what God's doing here. So this past Thursday, there were three 12 to 15-year-old girls that were up here on the stage just playing around and they started playing a song and I was like whose song is that and they were like oh we wrote it I was like what you wrote this song it was so beautiful I can't wait for you guys to hear it but they just they made this stunning song that puts our focus on Jesus and and just uh, the goodness of God and I'm like in awe of what God is doing right here at True Life Church and then, then there was a child, a seven-year-old little girl. Love this. Ugh, I just cried because the dad, like I said, was here at the other service. And this little girl was in kids' life. Um, like, watch out, teachers. Here she comes. Because she came into the room, and she got to talking to her friends. And they noticed that she was putting money in an envelope, and they started asking her questions. And she goes, well, I'm tithing. I just, my birthday came, and so I want to give, I want to give God what's his. And then she continues on, and she begins to transform the lives of five children by teaching them that by giving their her finances over to Jesus is her way of trusting Jesus with not only her life, but with her finances. And I'm just like, what in the world is God doing here? This is amazing. So not only does God use young people, he doesn't only just use little people and little faith, but he does something greater with it than we can even imagine. And, um, and, and so if someone finds themselves here today, uh, whether you feel little in faith or you just feel just little, little as a person, you're just feeling a little small today, I want to encourage you that we can choose today to be like that little boy that little boy, he had two things that we just that are just fascinating. I keep saying that word, fascinating. I know. I'm like, why do I keep saying that word? But are just memorizing to me that that he does. So these two things that we can put on ourselves um, as we respond to when we feel little. Um, this is this is one of the things that this little boy does. How he was used by God. The first thing that this little boy did was that he was available to Jesus. He was just available. He had, he, he, he had no idea. Like, we don't even know what the relationship was, if there was uh, any relationship there, if, if maybe this little boy knew of Jesus before. But regardless, uh, we don't necessarily see that. We just see that this little boy was just available. You know, Andrew probably, you know, brought him over and was like, hey, here he is. You know, and he's like, hey there, you know. We don't even know what his name is. But he was just open-handed, giving what he had to accomplish something bigger. So he was available to Jesus. And the second thing that we see is that he was generous to Jesus. So he didn't just say, well, here's one piece of the bread. Like here's, hold on, maybe, oh, Jesus, I can, I'll just give you this much. Is that, is that okay? Does that work? 
Well, okay, well, I could give you like, I could give you two, but I got to make sure I got to feed my family. Okay, all right, I'll be generous. I'll give you three. No, he gives, he gives all of it. He gives the bread. There's a whole mess up here. Um, and then he gives the fish. He gives it all to Jesus. He's just generous to him, not even holding back. Um, and he does it, and this is the fast, I keep saying that word. Sorry, guys. I don't know why I use it. But the, the cool thing to me is that, uh, about children, is that they're innocent. They just love helping people. And not all of them. You know, sometimes everybody has their day, you know. But most of the time, children in their innocence, they just love helping other people. So I just imagine this little boy being like, oh, well, well I, I was supposed to bring this home to my mommy and daddy, but if it's going to help other people, yeah, yeah, I'll, I'll give it to you, Jesus. I just imagine that that's what that little boy did. <laughs> because he wanted to be helpful. He saw that there was a need, and he saw that, wow, these people are really hungry, like they're really struggling. I have something that maybe could help. So not only was he generous with what he had, but he got to be a part of a miracle. And we got to be careful because we don't, we don't just follow Jesus for miracles. We follow him because he's our savior. But we do get to be a part of miracles, just like the miracle of Jess being a part of our church family. And she gets to transform, God is using her to transform the lives of these people who would otherwise not have community here. And so just being, just being, a, being available, being generous with what we have. Because we get to be a part of cool miracles like Jess's story. Um, in just a few moments, I'm going to give you an opportunity to respond to this message um, and invite you into a relationship with Jesus if you've never done that before. But first, maybe you came in today and you're like, I'm supercharged up. Like, I'm ready to go. I know what I'm called to do here. And I'm super ready to just be, be ready for what Jesus wants me to do or I'm doing what Jesus wants me to do. And that's great. That's awesome to be in that spot. Um, but maybe some of you walked in today or you've been in a season of life where you just feel insufficient, unequipped, and insecure. And if that is you today, I want to encourage you with something. Um, sometimes we can just feel like, well, I don't have enough. I, you know, we can feel like Philip, like I don't have enough. Like there's not enough time. There's not enough money. There's, there's not enough this or that. And we could just get so caught up in like, oh, I just, uh, I'm just in this rut. Like I don't have enough. I don't have enough. And Jesus is like, hey, hey, what do you have? What, what do you have? Because the little that we have, get this, the little that we have can be multiplied for more. So the good news is that I don't have enough, you don't have enough. Collectively, we do not have enough. But what happens is when we place our little in the hands of Jesus, he multiplies it to make it way more than enough. He, he multiplies it to, to, to do more, and he does it to, to, he can multiply it to feed thousands upon thousands that our brains just can't even comprehend. So what is that thing that you need to give to Jesus today? What is that one thing that you need to give to Jesus so that he can multiply it? 
I'll give you, in a moment, I'll give you a chance to respond to that. But if you just do this one thing today, this will revolutionize your relationship with Jesus. If you do this one thing, Romans 12, 1. So here's what I want you to do, God helping you. Take your everyday, ordinary life, just our ordinary life, you're sleeping, eating, putting your makeup on, popping your pimples, going to work, and walking around life, and place it before God as an offering. You know what, God? I've got this job. I'm going to give this to you. I just offer my job to you. Uh, God, I am at school, and I really don't like the people that I'm at my school with, but I'm going to give you my school. I'm going to give you my life at my school, or Whatever it is, I'm a mom, I'm a dad, I'm a grandparent, I'm a, I'm a, I, whatever it is, you know, like, I, I just, I give this to you, God. So take your everyday ordinary life and, uh, and give it as an offering to God. Embracing what God does for you is the best thing you can do for him. And I'm convinced now more than ever is that the enemy wants to attack our contentment. So if he can get you to look to the left, look to the right, oh man, they're so much more spiritual than me. I don't have my life together or this is a mess, that's a mess. And just not, not looking forward and straight at Jesus. If he can get us to do that, then there it is. We're off the course. Like we're not focusing on the main thing, which is seek first the kingdom of God and all righteousness will be added unto you. So just, just one thing that he wants us to do is just focus on him. Not looking to left and right, because then we'll find contentment, and we'll be able to just be like, all right, this is where you got me, God. Maybe I'm going to move in a few years or whatever it is, but this is where you have me right now, and I'm going to let you use me right where you have me. I'm not going to look to the left and the right. I'm not going to toil. I'm just going to soak in right where you place me. I'm not going to worry about what's going to come next. I'm just going to soak in right where I'm at. And when we do that, when we take our everyday life, we give it as an offering to God. We embrace it. We embrace what God does. You see what happens. Like, just see what happens. Our, our lives and our community, um, our world will be changed when we just embrace where God has placed us. One of the things that stood out to me in the scripture is how, you know, Philip just said, I don't have enough. I don't have enough. Or we don't have enough. But how how the little boy was like, well, I do have, I do have the, the two fish and the five loaves. So let's put on that mentality today as we leave today. Let's just say, okay, God, well, I do have this skill set. I, I do have this, like, I'm gonna give it to you. Let's walk in that mentality of, all right, let's step out of the not having enough and just say, this is what I do have. And focus on that and focus on Jesus. And if you don't get anything out of the time today, let's be like the little boy in John 6, 9, who was available to Jesus and was generous to Jesus. He was available to Jesus and generous to Jesus. All right, would you stand with me? I'm going to give us a time to respond to this message. All right, let's close our eyes. The good news of the gospel is that Jesus can use the little that you do have. We do not have enough, but Jesus can multiply what we have. And so what is that one thing that you need to give to Jesus so that, so that he'll multiply it? 
maybe not necessarily for a miracle to take place, but because he's your savior and you wanna see him move in your community, in your home, in your life, in your world. So what is that one thing? And maybe you're sitting here today and you're like, well, I don't, I don't even think I've ever given anything to Jesus before. Um, I don't even think I've even given him my life. Well, scripture says in Revelation 3.20, look, I stand at the door and knock. If you hear my voice and open the door, I will come in and we will share a meal together as friends. And so that's a good start to take is just invite Jesus in. He's standing at the door knocking. He wants you to let him in. He's a gentleman. So you just say, say in, your, in your heart or say it out loud, you say, dear Jesus, I know that I am a sinner and I ask you for forgiveness. I believe that you died for my sins and you rose from the dead and I turn from my sins and I invite you to come into my heart and life. I want to trust you and follow you as my Lord and Savior. And if today you made that decision to give your life to Jesus, Pastor Amanda will be up in just a minute to give you some next steps. But we're just going to pray over a group of people that has that one thing that they want to give to Jesus so that he'll multiply it. So if that's you today and you're saying, I've got that one thing, I need, to, I need Jesus to multiply, just go ahead and raise your hand so I know that that's you. And I'm going to pray over you. Jesus, you see the hands that are raised right now. You know their stories. You know what's going on in their lives. And I truly believe that just like this little boy was available to you and just like he was generous to you, when we have that same spirit, God, you move and you do mighty things. And so I pray over the individuals right now that just they, they, they have something and they just feel like it's so little and it's not enough. And God, the truth is it's not enough, but in your hands, it is multiplied. So I pray, Jesus, that you would bless the individuals, anoint them, God, so that they can do more with what they have. God, through you, that you will use them to bring the kingdom closer. God, we thank you for this time together and we thank you for your word. It never fails us, it never returns void. And Jesus, we lift up your name, the name of, above every name, and it's in your name we pray. And everybody said, amen, amen. Well, I am so glad that you came to church today. I'm gonna pass the mic over to Pastor Amanda, but I really wanna encourage you, just be available and be generous this week. Be like the little boy in John 6, 9. Love you guys.